Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blemson. Today we're looking at Nord Stream 2, a pipeline that will double Russian gas imports to Germany across the Baltic Sea and reduce shipments through Ukraine. Washington is strongly against it, and this month reiterated its threat to impose sanctions against the companies involved. Katie Martin asked Henry Foy and Tobias Book to explain what's behind the controversy. Work has already begun in German waters on this Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Henry, tell us where it runs from and to and what the arguments are in favour of using it as opposed to the existing Ukraine pipeline. Well, Katie, it runs from essentially close to St. Petersburg in the Gulf of Finland, across the Baltic Sea to a port on Germany's eastern Baltic coast, pretty much the same route as the currently in operation Nord Stream 1. Its backers say there are three main reasons why this needs to be built. The first is logistics. Essentially, the new gas fields that are coming online in Russia are further north and further west than maybe three decades ago. And so essentially going straight direct across the Baltic is 2,000 kilometers shorter from the gas field to the consumer than going via Ukraine along Soviet-era routes. Second is demand. Essentially, Russia says the major consumers of gas in Europe are the Western countries. And so therefore pumping it directly to them makes more sense. And third, guarantee of supply. This is the more contentious issue. Essentially, there's been over the last decade a series of stoppages of the Russian gas supply through Ukraine. The Russians say it was Ukraine's fault for that. Ukraine said it was Russia's. But essentially, they say Kiev is not a dependable partner. And we need to make sure we have our own pipeline, which means we can guarantee supply of gas to Europe. There's obviously tension between the two countries. I mean, does that make this essentially a political project? Wouldn't it be cheaper to upgrade the gas export route there already is through Ukraine than constructing this new elaborate undersea pipeline? There's obviously an element of politics in this. I mean, Russia and Ukraine are fighting on opposite sides in eastern Ukraine. Moscow annexed Crimea in 2014. Relations are not good. And so while The financial and logistical reasons are still valid. I think the Kremlin is also quite happy that this project will go ahead and that essentially that will deprive Ukraine of transit fees. These are the very lucrative money that countries like Ukraine, also Slovakia, to a certain extent Austria, earn by pumping Russian gas just across their territory. The other thing to remember here is that the Ukrainians' pipelines are owned by Ukraine and the state-run pipeline monopoly, which means Gazprom, the Russian state-owned gas export monopoly, doesn't control them. It can't tell Ukraine to upgrade them. It can't dedicate spending to them. These are, in the most part, Soviet-era, quite old, outdated pipelines, which are expensive to upgrade and maintain. And as I said before, Gazprom says, well, you know, we can't vouch for them. We can't make sure they're up to date and up to scratch. And so therefore, it's safer, easier and in the long run, cheaper to have our own pipeline that we run ourselves. Tobias, what stage are we at with the development of this pipeline and who's funding its construction? Well, the whole pipeline is set to cost 9.5 billion euros. It'll be owned entirely by Gazprom, but there are five European companies who are carrying half the financial burden of this as investors, and those are Uniper and Wintershall of Germany, UMV of Austria and Geofrance and Royal Dutch Shell. And where they're at at the moment, well, as you mentioned earlier, they have already started laying the pipeline in German waters. They are finishing right now with the work on a trench that will basically encase the German section of the pipeline. They are now also laying the pipeline in Finnish waters. And basically, this work is supposed to be concluded by the end of next year. When it's ready, how much gas will it carry and what's the economic importance to Germany? Nord Stream 2 is supposed to carry 55 billion cubic metres of natural gas a year. 
the same amount of gas that can already be carried through the existing Nord Stream 1 pipeline. So in total, Nord Stream 1 and 2 will be able to carry 110 billion cubic meters of gas, which is a very considerable number. That's about a quarter of total gas demand in the entire European Union. It is important to Germany, well, for a number of reasons. The German economy, to a very large degree, runs on gas. Germany depends on gas for energy generation. German industry is a major user of gas, especially the chemicals industry, for example. But then again, one has to bear in mind that a very large proportion of the additional gas that comes through Nord Stream 2 will actually not be used in Germany, but is destined to be re-exported to the rest of the EU. So what this additional gas capacity does, it sort of strengthens Germany's position as a hub for gas transport and sale in Europe. That's the sort of economic side of why it's important. But there is also a political element here. Germany has been importing Russian gas since 1973, and it very much fits in with a sort of German idea of trade as a way to stabilize political relations. So what you sometimes hear here in Germany is that, well, even at the height of the Cold War, we could depend on the Russians to deliver gas, and they could depend on us to pay for the gas. And so this is actually something that is a sort of stabilizing factor in European geopolitics. Is that why Germany's been so determined to press ahead? Because there has been opposition from the European Commission, the US, Ukraine and Poland. Why has Germany been so determined here? Well, I think we have to remember that for all the sort of evident geopolitical consequences here, this is a private sector project and a private sector funded project. So what the German government has been saying for the past few years is that, well, this is a private project. We've given it our regulatory approval because there was no reason not to do so. And by the way, so have most of the Scandinavian countries who are impacted by this. It makes sense from a private sector perspective. So why should we stand in the way? Now, some of that rhetoric has changed over the past year. Angela Merkel, the Chancellor of Germany, has sounded somewhat more skeptical about this project. Earlier this year, she said that this was not simply a private or commercial project. It also had political elements to it. And Berlin has tried to push Moscow quite hard to maintaining at least some gas transit through the Ukrainian network. So Germany, yes, has been supportive of the project, but the determination to see it through is perhaps not quite as committed as it was a few years ago. And Henry, you know, this being Russia, we have to ask, are there any grounds to fear that Russia could use the gas supply as an economic weapon? Or is this just a pure commercial arrangement for them? I mean, in terms of economic weapon, I think the answer is yes and no. Firstly, no, primarily in a, in a long term sense, Russia can't really afford to cut off Europe. They need to sell the gas to Europe just as much as Europe needs to buy it. Gas isn't like oil. You can't just send it someplace else if you don't like your current buyers. You can only sell it where these pipelines go. There are some worries, however, that Russia might use this dominance to push up prices. Now, that, of course, will just push forward efforts already in place by European countries to diversify their means of supply. So US LNG is one option, also pipelines from North Africa, etc. So that I think Russia is aware will backfire. On whether they could though, I mean, Russia supplies 40% of Europe's gas needs at the moment. So if they did decide to reduce supplies, if they decided to cut back a little bit, Europe would definitely feel the squeeze, especially during winter. But that's the same with or without Nord Stream 2. Europe will buy just as much gas after Nord Stream is built as it does now. 
the threat to Europe is really the reliance on Russia, not the route that the gas takes. And I think when we're thinking about Russia potentially using this as an economic weapon, there's two important things to remember. The first is that Ukraine is not lobbying for Europe to buy less gas from Russia. It wants Europe to remain reliant on Russian gas. It just wants that gas to flow through its pipelines and not under the Baltic through Nord Stream 1 or 2. And the second thing is we need to remember that Nord Stream 2, seeing it as a weapon against the EU more than the Ukrainian supply is right now, is essentially saying that you think Berlin is a less reliant middleman than Kiev. And frankly, I think most people would agree that Moscow is far less likely to want to upset Mrs. Merkel than, than Mr. Poroshenko. Um, Tobias, you mentioned that Angela Merkel has changed her tune very slightly on this project of late. Do you think there's any chance that the project could still be halted by opposition in Germany or in the US, or do you think it's already run too far? Well, I mean, as we discussed earlier, the pipeline is being laid right now. So if the US were to impose sanctions, and they've spoken a lot about it, but have done little about it in the way of concrete steps, it's quite hard to see how that would really stop the project at this stage. I mean, they could conceivably force the five Western companies to drop out of it. But I think with so much spending already having been made and with funding committed and with tens of thousands of those 12-meter concrete encased steel pipes already sort of piling up in various ports along the Baltic coast, it's not easy to see how the actual construction of the pipeline could be halted at this stage. And certainly not in Germany, because here the permissions, the regulatory approvals have already been granted, and there's not really anything that the German government can do now to stop the project in its tracks. I suppose the separate question is whether by way of EU legislation, the project could be made less lucrative. But again, so far, there's been lots of talk about this in Brussels, but very little concrete action. Henry, is that the view from Moscow as well? Do you think it's seen as unlikely to go off course now? Absolutely. I mean, we have to remember, as Tobias said, this was originally envisaged as a project in which the five European gas companies involved would take individual stakes in the pipeline. Then that was reduced to financial support. And Moscow now has said, well, if sanctions come in against them, we'll just pay for it all ourselves. That's not a problem for us. And it's not a problem for Gazprom to spend the money. So I think the Russians believe that this is a project that will go ahead. They've always maintained it's something that is good for European supply and therefore necessary. And you're even hearing some people in Moscow talk about Nord Stream 3. So the feeling is very much that this is a hurdle cleared, that US sanctions, if they would have come in, would have come in by now, and therefore the threat is diminished. And so therefore it's full steam ahead. Both of you, thanks very much. That was Katie Martin talking to Henry Foy in Moscow and Tobias Burke in Berlin. We'll be back with another news feature next week. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.